Hello and welcome to the Money Mentor Podcast, the podcast for your financial education. I'm your host, Ken Mason. On this episode, I discuss your spending. There are two types of spending, spending your time and spending your money. As your time is exchanged for money, when spending your money, you are also spending the time it took you to earn that money. Each day you spend time at work, you sell your time to make a living. How much do you sell your time for? You can put a monetary value on your time by calculating your income per hour. This is calculated by dividing the annual hours you work into your annual income. When paying for goods and services, you can convert how much time you have spent or will spend working by dividing your income per hour into the purchase price. For example, if you work 8 hours a day, 5 days a week, 48 weeks of the year, you will work 1,920 hours. If you earn €100,000 per year, we divide €100,000 by 1,920 work hours, which equals €52 per hour before tax. If you pay 30% tax, your income per hour after tax is €36. If a new car costs you €20,000, we divide this by your after-tax income of €36 per hour, which equals 556 hours, 69 days or 14 weeks working to pay for your new car. Connecting your time spent at work to your spending decisions may cause you to ask yourself if what you are buying is really worth the time spent at work. The money to time formula should result in an increased appreciation for the value of your money. When spending money, ask yourself how much time at work will this cost me? Your time is a finite resource and therefore your ability to earn an income is a finite resource too. No one has unlimited time or money, although many like to live like they do. Your time and money should be spent wisely focusing on what you can control, not what you can't control. Your spending is one of the few areas you have relative control over. You are responsible for the quality of your spending decisions across time and money. If you spend all your money, you will always need to spend time at work to earn more money. Financial planning aims to transition you from being financially dependent on work to being financially independent of work. The aim is to convert your active income earned while working into a passive income, income earned from your assets. This is done by transferring professional success into personal wealth. Personal wealth affords you financial independence, security and the ability to choose how you spend your time. Your financial independence is not a want but a basic need. It is the last hurdle to true freedom. Financial independence is achieved by buying back time that would otherwise be spent working. You can buy back time by saving and investing in assets that appreciate, provide an income and a rising income over time. When you save and invest in these assets, you are buying passive income. To buy back future time spent working, you will need to create and maintain a savings rate. Your savings rate is the difference between what you earn and what you spend. A consistent savings rate is the key to building wealth. The earlier you start saving and investing, the less expensive and risky achieving financial independence will be. When building wealth, the recipe remains the same. Owe less, own more. While your net worth is a good indication of wealth, your passive income, the income generated from your assets, is a more sustainable measure of how wealthy you really are. Money psychology plays a major role in how we interpret the financial world around us. I know of few other topics as emotionally charged as money. Many of our emotions are projected onto money. Your emotions and beliefs manifest themselves in your spending decisions. Emotions can skew judgment and cloud clarity. Emotional spending is spending when feeling sad, stressed, angry, lonely, tired or hungry. When we spend money, we are often buying a feeling. Emotional spending can be a coping mechanism. There are a myriad of internal factors that drive our money behaviours. Money is a significant source of insecurity for many, but few take action or ask for help to improve their situation. Regardless of how one views money, it is an essential currency for living, as it funds everything we need and want. 
Money on its own is emotionally neutral. It is just another tool in your toolbox. Money becomes emotionally charged in the hands of a person. Things get complicated when we add a person's emotions and relationships to the money equation. Money can be love, hate, joy, despair, regret, freedom, anger, happiness, success and failure. Money represents the emotions and purpose we give it. It is not the tool itself but whose hands the tool is in and how that tool is put to work. Money is what we instruct it to do. The scientist's dilemma is an interesting conundrum. Scientific breakthroughs are overwhelmingly developed for well-intended purposes and are initially conceived in a vacuum free of ethical implications. Science is not good or evil, it is how people use scientific breakthroughs which determines good or evil. There will always be those who look to weaponize tools to their advantage. Money is no different. Western countries have weaponized money by imposing financial sanctions on Russia for invading Ukraine. Russia has retaliated by weaponizing energy, limiting supply of its natural resources to the countries that have imposed financial sanctions. Human nature, for better or worse, is reflected in how money is or isn't spent. We are predictably irrational with a unique ability to rationalize the irrational. We also have a natural tendency to default to a path of least resistance, contrary to what is in our best interest. Self-awareness is what separates us from the rest of nature, and so the path of least resistance is no longer a good fit for the modern world in which we live. Our environment has changed, but our wiring hasn't caught up. We are now rewarded for thinking lazy but not being lazy. Because there is little or no formal education on personal finance, the ability to unlearn and relearn the correct money mindset is an invaluable character trait. The more rigid you are in your money beliefs, the more difficult your relationship with money will be. Past experiences with money, current income, social circle and your values will shape your attitudes towards money. Similar to your life story, each of us has a money story too. Your money story is born in the past, playing out in the present and shaping your future. You are the narrator of your own money story and therefore prone to your own self-serving bias. The money story you tell yourself will unravel and ultimately come undone if it is not grounded in reality. Feelings are not facts. If your plan is to wait for someone to come and save you, you need a better plan. No one is coming. Your life is your responsibility. You need to save yourself from yourself because no one else is going to do it for you. You are the hero or villain of your money story. When we aren't doing well with money, it's easier to blame everyone and everything else rather than ourselves. Blame protects your ego. Don't play the victim. Life like money is a game to be won or lost. Choosing to sit on the sidelines will lead to missed opportunities and regret. How you play the money game will determine your success or failure. Money is a great liberator for those who know how to manage it and a great oppressor for those who don't. If you don't manage yourself and run your own life, someone else will. Each of us is our own brand within our own bubble. Therefore, by extension, where we live, what we do for work, who we socialize with, and how we spend our money forms a large part of how we see ourselves, and how we want others to see ourselves based on who we are and what we perceive to be most desirable. We subscribe to a way of living, with each spending decision being an extension of what we want our personal brand to be. A lifestyle is the way in which a person or group of people live, the values and ideas they hold. We all aspire to live a certain lifestyle, whether it's where we live, what we do for work, who we socialize with, what we eat, how fit we are, what clothes we wear, and what passions we pursue. The lifestyle you live or want to live will be reflected in your spending. A disconnect can occur when the lifestyle you want to live exceeds the lifestyle you can afford. Do your expectations exceed your income? Knowing the lifestyle you can and can't afford is a major money maturity milestone on your personal finance journey. Your lifestyle is influenced by what you value. Values are fundamental beliefs that guide or motivate attitudes and actions. Your values drive your beliefs and your beliefs drive your behavior. 
Some examples of values are fun, freedom, honesty, adventure, gratitude, education and loyalty. When it comes to money, none of us value living paycheck to paycheck, drowning in debt, having zero savings, being unable to get a mortgage, being beholden to others or having to work until you drop. Financial planning aims to align your money to your values. If you struggle to know what you value, ask yourself these questions. What were the most meaningful and memorable moments in your life to date and why? What makes you proud? What gives you energy? What makes you feel fulfilled? In these moments, what were you doing and who are you doing it with? Another way to understand what you value would be to imagine if it was taken away. If I were to take away your health, fitness, significant other, children, family member, friend, job or home, how would you feel? A change in your circumstances or the absence of someone or something you value in your life can trigger strong emotions. Is how we see ourselves the same as how others see us? What words would you like the most important people in your life to use when describing you? Your answers to these questions will assist you designing a lifestyle that will maximize your return on life. Lifestyle design is the process of designing a lifestyle aligned with your nature, strengths, values, dreams, passions and purpose. It's the freedom to design your life the way you want it, so long as you know what you want. It's a way to help you attain true freedom and fulfillment. Designing your lifestyle can be as simple as writing down what you want to do with your time, where you will live, how you will earn a living who you will spend time with, and what passions you will pursue. Start at the end and work back. Lifestyle design has problem solving at its core. How can you design a lifestyle you don't need a vacation from? It's not to say you won't ever travel again, but how much of your ideal day, week, month, year can you incorporate into your everyday life? A vacation can be as much a feeling or mindset as it is a place. The same way a home is the people in it and not the property itself. Very few of us will be in a position to do or have everything we want. Therefore, prioritizing your time and money are fundamental to maximizing your life. Where do you and your financial future fall on your list of priorities? You should be at the top of your list. As the saying goes, you can't pour from an empty glass. Sequencing your spending in the right order will make good spending decisions easier. There is a concept in time management about the importance of prioritizing how we spend our time. Imagine for a moment you have an empty jar, rocks, pebbles and sand. The jar represents the time in your life. The rocks represent important things in your life such as your health, family, friends and passions. The pebbles represent your home, car, work or school. The sand represents material possessions. If you fill the jar with sand first, pebbles second and rocks last, the jar will overflow. You won't have room for your health, family or friends. You have prioritized material possessions, work or school ahead of your health, family and friends. If you start with the pebbles first, sand second and rocks last, the jar will still overflow. You will have some time for your health, family and friends, but not enough. However, if you start with the rocks first, pebbles second, sand last, you will have enough room for it all. This is because there is room around the rocks to fit the pebbles, and there is room around the pebbles to fit the sand. In the right sequence, you can fit everything into your one jar of time. If you spend too much time on the unimportant things, you won't have enough time for the truly important things. The jar used to represent the time in your life can also represent your career earnings. The rocks are your basic needs, the pebbles are your wants, and the sand is your luxury spending. Prioritizing your spending in order of basic needs, wants, and luxury spending should intuitively lead to a better financial future. Basic needs are non-negotiables such as food, clothes, housing, and transport. Almost everything else is negotiable with few exceptions. Does where you spend your time and money align with your priorities? Where does your financial future fall on your list of priorities? By looking after yourself first, you will not become reliant on others later in life and potentially be able to look after others too. 
If you don't prioritize your financial future, you won't have one. I want a secure financial future for you, but you've got to want it for yourself. During your working career, you have an opportunity to save and invest a portion of your earnings consistently over time. If you don't save and invest enough consistently throughout your working life, you will always have to work. We all hope to get rich quick by winning the lotto, inherit a fortune, complete a business sale, have a jackpot investment or some other sort of financial windfall. All of these things are largely outside your control and come with a high concentration of risk by putting all your eggs in one basket. Few are fortunate enough to win the lotto, inherit a fortune, complete a business sale or have a jackpot investment. Would you leave your financial future up to chance, faith, hope or luck? Maybe it works out, maybe it doesn't. These high risk outcomes are possible but not probable. Maybe you'll be one of the lucky ones. The wealth or income pyramid means there are fewer and fewer wealthy people the further you climb. Ask yourself at the end of your working life, what will you have to show for your efforts financially? Understanding the difference between being rich and wealthy is fundamental to making better spending decisions. A rich person is a high earner, big spender, has lots of debt, has little or no savings, buys depreciating assets, spends to impress others, craves instant gratification and has a short-term mindset. A wealthy person can be a modest to high earner, is a frugal spender, has little or no debt, continually saves and invests a percentage of their income, buys income-producing appreciating assets, does not spend to impress others, understands the benefits of long-term gratification and has a long-term mindset. Spending money to show people how much money you have is the surest way to have less money. Wealth is largely the stuff you don't see, no different to an iceberg. It's not unusual for us to associate someone who is a big earner and has a lot of material possessions as wealthy. It's nice to have nice things, and it's natural to want those things. We picture ourselves in their shoes. However, appearances can often be deceiving. In many instances, those who appear wealthy are just rich. The difference between a rich person and a wealthy person is the sustainability of their lifestyle spending. A rich person's lifestyle is unsustainable. A wealthy person can choose to work, whereas a rich person has to work. A wealthy person transfers their professional success into personal wealth by buying assets that appreciate and delivers a passive income whereas a rich person spends it all on consumption. Don't misinterpret the consumption of material things as wealth. It is spent wealth. A new car often comes with a new car loan. A big house comes with a big mortgage. A high income is not wealth, but has the potential to become wealth with the right structures and discipline. For example, 60% to 80% of NFL and NBA professional athletes go broke or bankrupt three years into retirement after having a lucrative playing career. Without the income they once earned and without an adequate investment in their passive income to support the lifestyle they'd grown accustomed to, they quickly spend down their remaining savings. The things they own end up owning them. Lottery winners don't fare much better. It's estimated 70% lose or spend all their winnings within five years. The good times don't last. There is a disconnect between the desire to make all your dreams a reality and knowing the investment required to build a passive income which will sustain your lifestyle spending into the future. Staying rich means becoming wealthy. Building wealth is a mindset. Choosing to adopt a wealth-building mindset is the hard part. The wealth effect is the change in spending that accompanies a change in perceived wealth. In other words, a sudden influx of money results in a significant loosening of the purse strings. This is not just limited to professional sports or lotto winners. A business sale or inheritance are other examples of times where the temptation to consume rather than secure your financial future can be overwhelming. Unless you invest in your required passive income, it is only a matter of time before you run out of money. Our perception is a lens through which we view reality. Our perceptions influence how we interpret, understand, synthesize, decide and act on reality. 
We all view the world through our own lens and uniquely filter events and experiences according to us. We view the world subjectively, not objectively. Different people with different perspectives see and notice different things. Your perception of money will play a large part in your relationship with money. How you perceive money will depend on your background, experiences and character traits. One of the largest determining factors in being successful financially is how close your perception of good money management is grounded in reality. What we believe and tell ourselves versus what is true. What we want it to be rather than what it is. What we want to do rather than what we need to do. What we say and think versus how we act. It's one thing talking the talk, it's another thing to walk the walk. Action and inaction compound. It's people's perception of money that form their approach. If your perception of money varies significantly from reality, it will be difficult to be good with money. The Diderot effect has a part to play in all our lives. The Diderot effect is a social phenomenon related to buying consumer goods. It is based on the idea that obtaining new possessions often creates a spiral of additional consumption. Here are a few examples. Your home, your car, your clothes and weddings. Where and what type of home you purchase will determine how much you borrow, interest you pay, fit out, kit out, utilities, insurance, tax, landscaping and so on. The initial purchase price comes with the ongoing cost of maintenance spending, not to mention the social trends of your neighbours and the surrounding area. You run the possibility of becoming house poor. This is when a large portion of your income is spent on home ownership and related spending. Your car, make, model and year will determine depreciation, insurance, tax, fuel efficiency, repairs, service and maintenance spending. The higher the price of the car, the higher ongoing maintenance spending will be. If it drives, flies or floats, it depreciates. A new piece of clothing can set off a chain reaction of needing multiple other pieces of clothing and accessories to complete an outfit. Confirming attendance at weddings can result in an onslaught of spending in the form of gifts, beauty, grooming, travel, drinks and outfits to attend the big day. Be mindful of the additional spending you inevitably inherit when making spending decisions. The larger the spending amount, the more important the understanding of associated future costs becomes. The larger your spending decisions, the more of your income is committed to purchasing, repaying and maintaining your chosen lifestyle into the future. A mortgage is a perfect example of having little choice but to keep earning a certain level of income which is itself a concentrated risk on your shoulders. There can be little daylight between what you earn and spend, meaning your margin of safety is low should anything impact your ability to earn a living. The wellness industry has exploded over the past 10 years. Everything from eating, exercising, sleeping, breathing and dressing better. Financial wellness is largely neglected, which is baffling considering it funds every aspect of our lifestyles. Not to mention it is the number one cause of stress, anxiety, worry and depression. It's increasingly okay to talk about our physical, emotional and spiritual health, but it's taboo to talk about money. I suspect this will not change as long as our immature relationship with money prevails. Things that were once considered taboo are now being openly discussed and accepted in society, but money remains a persistent outlier. The reality is your finances are no different to your food, fitness or fashion. They are all tools from which to achieve a desired result. How much time and money do you spend on food, fitness and fashion versus how much time and money do you spend on your finances? Food can be seen as fuel for living, as is money. Each day you have a set number of calories and when you eat, you are spending those calories. Overeating is the same as overspending. Being overweight equates to being in debt. We track calories when we eat or exercise, but don't track the money we spend. Food and money are interchangeable. Emotional eating is linked to anxiety, depression and low self-esteem. Emotional eating is no different to emotional spending. We eat and spend to feel better. Wasting money should be treated the same as wasting food. We exercise to look and feel our best. 
It is a proactive approach to our health and fitness. Dressing well can feel good and therefore boost confidence. Whether it's food, fitness or fashion, we all want to look and feel our best. But this desire doesn't extend to our bank accounts. Do you have a healthy relationship with your spending? How financially fit are you? Do you look and feel good financially? Many people have a food plan, fitness plan, career plan, business plan, but no financial plan. Why should your proactive relationship with food and fitness not extend to your finances? A financial planner is a dietitian, personal trainer, personal stylist or GP for your money. Food can be medicine or poison. Money is no different. Everyone is more than capable of getting the results they desire, but few put in the effort. A sustainable approach to your food, fitness, fashion and finances will lead to a better future, if you so choose. There are no silver bullets or quick fixes. It is the grey matter between our ears where our desire to change is our biggest challenge. If it's so simple, then why do so many of us struggle to implement the necessary change in our lives? Below are a few stumbling blocks people looking to make changes struggle to overcome. Awareness. If you don't know what you don't know, how can you know what you really want? If you are unaware of how to be good with money, consumption is the natural default. Some don't want to know the reality of their circumstances. Most people understand the need to be good with money, but few spend the time to become fully engaged with their spending decisions. If you are listening to this podcast, you are one of a small cohort of people who recognize the need to be better with money. If you act and implement change to your finances, you are in an even smaller subset of this cohort. Listening to this podcast is not a substitute for taking action. Without knowing where you are going, you will inevitably become lost. In the absence of a plan, we tend to go chasing the next shiny fad or trend that comes into focus while ignoring the boring, evidence-based approach to building wealth. I'm busy. Being busy is not necessarily a conscious decision, it's increasingly a subtle default. When you are good at, enjoy doing, or are successful at something, it can be addictive and all-consuming. We can be preoccupied with what we are doing and not why we are doing it. We are all busy being busy and rarely take time to see the big picture. Those who say, I don't know where all my money goes, also say, I have no time to find out. Life is pulling them in a million different directions all at once. If your financial future is a priority, you make time. Those who say they have no time will often scroll social media or binge on Netflix for hours on end. When you have no choice, you find the time and it gets done. Is your financial future optional? Being busy is an excuse we all tell ourselves, ultimately prioritizing ourselves last. Don't be a busy fool. Uncertainty. The one certainty is uncertainty. Know the difference between noise, news, knowledge and wisdom. Tune out the platforms that peddle fear and play on your emotions. If everything is a crisis, nothing is a crisis. Their job is to capture your attention to sell advertising. Many of us are anxious, worried and depressed about the future. Nevertheless, we eat healthy, exercise, get married, buy a home, raise a family, work towards a promotion start or build a business. Contrary to feeling pessimistic, we are all building lives, investing time and money in our futures. The difference between how we might feel versus how we spend our time and money would lead me to believe most of us have more faith, optimism and belief in our future than we care to admit. Hope springs eternal. We are fearful about the future, yet we act as if tomorrow is guaranteed. Why live in fear? Many aspects of life are continuous leaps of faith. Can you make peace with the things you can't control? Change. Change happens when the pain of your current circumstances exceeds that of the pain of changing. Although you are unlikely to experience significant financial pain and regret until it is too late. Financial inaction compounds over time and can be a devastating realization when it comes to pass. Inertia is the tendency to remain unchanged for fear of making the wrong decision. A hole is easily dug, but the thinking that got you in a hole won't get you out. 
Poor spending decisions are easily made, but difficult and time-consuming to undo. You are going to make mistakes and have setbacks. It's how you respond to setbacks that will determine success or failure. Many are unwilling to make the necessary lifestyle sacrifices today for a better financial future tomorrow. We are not instinctively wired to be good with money. It is an acquired skill. The modern world requires a high degree of self-control, given the rise in convenience across the board. Businesses spend billions in an attempt to get you to depart with your hard-earned money through advertising, marketing, branding, and so on. In today's consumer-driven world, the odds are stacked against you. Spending money is easy. Saving money is hard. If you spend money unnecessarily, you are funding other businesses ahead of your own financial future. Is your money serving you or someone else? Our inability to change is one of the biggest hurdles we place in front of ourselves. Is it possible to save for something now that you don't necessarily value yet? We are all influenced by the company we keep, what people say you should want and what you actually want. How much do other people guide you? How honest are you with yourself? How much of what others want for you matches with what you want for yourself? Are you following the herd? Besides earning money to pay the bills and live a comfortable life, why are you working so hard? Understanding what you want and why means knowing who you are. Exploring who you are is a process of refinement over time. Understanding more about who you are is a great way to start pursuing what you really want. We are all a work in progress, but each of us has basic needs that are unlikely to change. Jealousy and the green-eyed monster has been and will continue to be ever-present in Irish society. Many will be jealous of someone else's lifestyle, material possessions or wealth, without an understanding of the sacrifices and risks required to achieve it. Thinking is difficult, that's why most people judge. We are all guilty of it. By putting others down, you get a temporary feeling of being better than them. Belittling someone else's success, financial or otherwise, only reveals insecurity. Most of us compare ourselves to others using financial success as a yardstick of life success. Competition is healthy and a good motivator so long as it is channeled in the right direction. Focus on yourself, not on others. As you age and progress through your career, you gradually transition from being time-rich, asset-poor to being time-poor, asset-rich. When you get your first job, the natural default is to spend what you earn. This will continue to be the case unless a lifestyle adjustment is made. The longer lifestyle creep remains unchecked, the more difficult it becomes to reverse the lifestyle you and your family have become accustomed to. Knowing your financial boundaries will sometimes mean having the willpower to say no to things you want to buy or do. If you say yes to one thing, you have to reduce or say no to something else. You won't know your boundaries until you have identified and prioritized what is most important to you. Triage is a medical term that assigns degrees of urgency to wounds or illnesses to determine patient priority for treatment. While this is an important reactive approach in healthcare, it can be proactively applied to your finances. It is a method of prioritizing your financial goals. Without knowing your financial history or your current circumstances, here is a personal finance triage list. 1. Budget 2. Sinking fund 3. Cash cushion 4. Pay off all non-mortgage debt 5. Emergency fund 6. Financial insurance 7. Maximize your pension 8. Pay off the mortgage A budget is a plan for your spending over time. Nobody wants to step on the financial weighing scales. Budgeting only costs you time and effort. Being financially organized is underrated. Tracking your spending leads to awareness. Knowing and understanding where your money is being spent leads to better spending decisions. Most banks provide an Excel export in the form of a CSV file. You can export a couple of years' transactions, bunch the spending together and sort from highest to lowest. If renting, you can get better value by moving or downsizing. If saving for a deposit on a home, can you move home temporarily? If you have a mortgage, is your interest rate the lowest available to you on the open market? 
When food shopping, can you choose to meal plan, change to a less expensive supermarket, buy store brands, and maybe even grow your own food? Meal planning will reduce food waste and put money back in your pocket on a weekly basis. Do you need multiple cars? Do you even need one car? Do you need a new or expensive car? What alternative transport options are available to you, especially if you live in a city? Walking, running, cycling, scooting or public transport. Cars are expensive to buy, run and maintain. Do you need to upgrade the mobile phone every couple of years once you are out of contract? How much of your existing wardrobe do you actually wear? Have you taken stock of what you already have and know what you need? Can you upcycle, sell, gift, recycle clothing that is surplus to requirements? Are you with the best value energy provider on the open market? Do you use energy efficient bulbs? Is your home insulated? Can you install solar panels, retrofit your home, or generate and store your own electricity? How much home, food, transport, clothes, and energy do you need, want, and waste? Review the quantity, quality, and efficiency of your spending decisions. At what price does quality and value begin to diverge relative to what you need and can't afford? Know how the frequency of your spending adds up over time. If you have a couple of coffees a day at €7, over a 30-year career, it equates to over €50,000. And that's just coffee. Small changes across frequent spending quickly add up over time. Shop around for substitutes or alternatives. Understand how being organised generally increases the likelihood of making better financial decisions. Do you need it? If so, do you need as much of it? Is there better value to be had? Save money for the times of year when your money will go furthest. Promotions, discounts, special offers and sales mean an instant return on your money. We identify with brands as extensions of our own personality and social signalling. Premium pricing is the practice of keeping the price of a product high in order to encourage favourable perceptions of quality. Marketing, branding and advertising are selling you perceived differences across the same or similar products. Therefore, it will depend on how much each of us subscribes to the influence of premium pricing. Is a 30 euro bottle of wine twice as good as a 15 euro bottle of wine? Is a 100 euro pair of pants twice as good as a 50 euro pair of pants? Is a 1,000 euro Canada Goose coat five times as good as a coat that costs 200 euro? They're all products that do the same thing. Of course, style, fit, quality and comfort all factor into our decision making too. However, it is perceived one is more aspirational than the other and many pay more as a result. In many instances, it's how it makes you feel, what it says to others and not what it does. At what point does price and quality separate from value? Increasing prices can indicate increasing quality, but as prices of the same product become multiples, there is an increasing disconnect from what you pay versus the value you get. The phrase we eat with our eyes can also be applied to our spending. If every spending decision was rational, we would all be robots, I wouldn't have a job and life would be incredibly dull. The spending choices we make today will determine the spending choices we have in the future. Another way to spend less is to maximise your employment perks or utilise your business for allowable spending. The more personal spending you can put through your employment or business reduces the burden on your personal income from which you will have to pay income tax, PRSI, USC and VAT. Treat your personal finances like a business. Your sinking fund forms part of your budget. It is a savings account for future spending. For example, you need €15,000 in five years' time to upgrade your car. Being paid on a monthly basis, we divide €15,000 by 60 months, which is €250 per month to be saved into your sinking fund. If this exercise is completed across all spending which falls outside your monthly pay cycle, you will quickly become aware of how much of your income is committed to future spending. You will become aware of the true cost of your lifestyle spending. Prioritize saving for basic needs over wants and from largest to smallest spending amounts. Sink your savings to your calendar. Borrow from your savings and not the bank. If you haven't already lost the will to live, hold that thought.
Having carved out a savings rate for your sinking fund, you will need to expand this savings rate to fund your cash cushion, repay all non-mortgage debt, build your emergency fund, pay for financial insurance and fund your financial independence. By building a solid financial foundation, you are insulating yourself from pandemics, recessions, job loss, ill health, injury, death, natural disaster and so on. Managing your financial risks is about insulating and protecting yourself from events outside your control. Below are some examples of the time for money and money for time exchange. Spend time to make money. Example, job or side hustle. Spend time to save money. Example, budget. Spend time to save time. Example, meal prepping. Spend time to make time. Example, timetable. Spend money to make money. Example, invest in yourself, your business and your team. Spend money to save money. Example, overpay on your interest-based debts. Spend money to save time. Example, outsource mundane tasks. Spend money to make time. Example, pension. Regret is the unpleasant feeling associated with some action or inaction a person has taken that has led to a state of affairs he or she wishes was different. Perhaps you are one of the lucky ones who has no regrets, or you believe everything happens for a reason, but it is often said to live without regret is to not have lived at all. Research suggests we regret what we didn't do more than what we did do. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Financial planning is about minimising future financial regret. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Success is the accomplishment of an aim or purpose. Success is different things to different people. What does success mean to you personally, professionally and financially? Your working life is a window in time during which you can choose to become financially successful. Financial independence doesn't just fall into your lap. You've got to take consistent action to achieve it. Discipline forms habits. Habits lead to progress and progress leads to contentment. One day or day one, it's your decision. Action always beats intention. Now I'll put some numbers to the money psychology. Here is a high level example of Lucy's career earnings and spending priorities. Lucy is 35, single and works a 40 hour work week. 48 weeks of the year. Assuming Lucy works the next 30 years until she is 65 years of age, Lucy will spend 57,600 hours, 7,200 days, 1,440 weeks or 332 months working. In return for Lucy's time, she will receive an average annual salary of €80,000 per year over the next 30 years for total career earnings of 2,400,000. This is what the financial planning community referred to as Lucy's human capital. Your human capital is your career earnings between now and when you become financially independent. 2,400,000 seems like a lot. Lucy's income per hour before tax is 42 euro. 2,400,000 divided by 57,600 work hours. Lucy's average annual income tax is 30%. 30% of Lucy's career earnings of 2,400,000 is 720,000 euro. This is Lucy's total income tax bill over the next 30 years. Income tax will be Lucy's biggest lifetime expense and is involuntary spending. Lucy's income per hour after tax is €29. From a time perspective, Lucy will spend Monday and half of Tuesday at work, 30% of each working week, to pay income tax. Over 30 years, this equates to 9 years of time at work to pay income tax. There is a way to reduce Lucy's income tax bill. Lucy has the option of starting a pension and contributing a maximum of €1,333 per month before income tax. 20% of her €80,000 a year income divided by 12 months. 20% is an age-related percentage limit for tax relief on pension contributions, which increases as you age. The €1,333 monthly contribution consists of €533 income tax relief at 40% and €800 from Lucy's after-tax income, the remaining 60%. 
Lucy contributes 800 euro of her after-tax income to keep an additional 533 euro per month. 533 euro per month over the next 30 years means Lucy will keep 192,000 euro more of her career earnings that would otherwise be paid to the government. 800 euro per month over the next 30 years means Lucy will need to save 288,000 euro in after-tax income. Lucy saves €288,000 to keep an additional €192,000 over 30 years. By keeping €192,000 more of Lucy's income, it reduces Lucy's career tax bill from €720,000 to €528,000. Lucy's career income tax rate drops from 30% to 22%, an 8% reduction in her average annual income tax rate. Instead of Monday and half of Tuesday spent working to pay income tax, it's Monday and 48 minutes of Tuesday. A pension is a great vehicle to control Lucy's biggest lifetime expense, income tax. Income tax savings aside, Lucy's goal is to achieve financial independence as part of a comfortable and dignified retirement. Tax avoidance, not evasion, is the stick, whereas financial independence is the carrot. By contributing €1,333 per month over 30 years with a 5% average annual investment return, Lucy accumulates a fund of €1,114,000. Lucy spends €287,000 in after-tax income to achieve a pension pot of €1,114,000, nearly four times her invested amount. If I divide this total fund by Lucy's income per hour of €42, Lucy has bought back 26,500 hours of time that would otherwise be spent working. If I convert these total career sums into monthly figures, each monthly pension contribution of €800 yields €3,094 through a combination of income tax relief and investment performance over 30 years. The opportunity cost of spending €800 each month rather than saving into Lucy's pension means you forego €3,094 each month in potential wealth. When contributing to your pension, it is an instant 40% return on your money if you are a high-rate income tax payer, but it is nearly a 400% return on your money over 30 years. So would you rather €800 into your paw or €3,094 towards your financial freedom fund each month? This is the numeric representation of short-term thinking and instant gratification versus long-term thinking and delayed gratification. Upon reaching financial independence, Lucy receives a tax-free lump sum of €200,000 and can withdraw an annual income of up to €36,500 plus her full state pension of €13,172 for a total annual passive income of €49,672. Lucy has bought back nearly two-thirds of her time based on an €80,000 per year income. Lucy also has a mortgage of €300,000 over 30 years with an average annual interest rate of 3%. Lucy's monthly repayment is €1,258 over the next 360 months. The total repayment amount, borrowed amount plus interest, is €452,000. It's worth noting that Lucy's mortgage costs €452,000, which is €165,000 more than the €287,000 in after-tax savings contributed to fund Lucy's pension. If loans were offered for pensions, pension participation would skyrocket. Debt and instant gratification are more attractive to consumers. In general, we value home ownership and therefore a mortgage more than we value saving for our financial future. Your mortgage repayments are for your physical home, whereas your pension contributions are for your financial home. We are more inclined to repay a loan rather than save consistently to build wealth. The idea that we will become wealthy quickly but repay a mortgage over 30 years is fanciful. Repayment of a mortgage is non-negotiable, but saving for your financial future is negotiable.
saving €800 a month for a fund of $1,114,000 versus spending €1,258 a month to repay a mortgage of €452,000 over the same 30-year period. Why don't we value our financial future the same way we value home ownership? Why don't we view a pension contribution as non-negotiable the same way we view a mortgage repayment? We were mad for the SSIA scheme in the early 2000s, where for every euro you saved, you received one euro back, the equivalent of a 25% return. You save a 20% or 40% instant return in the form of income tax relief each time you contribute to a pension. Lucy also owns a car. If Lucy's average annual car costs are €7,000, this equates to €210,000 over her 30-year career. Lucy spends €65 on groceries per week on average. Over a 30-year career, this equates to €101,400. Last but not least, on average, Lucy spends €200 per month on clothes, beauty and grooming. Over a 30-year career, this equates to €72,000. We have covered Lucy's basic spending across income tax, financial independence, housing, transportation, food, clothes, beauty and grooming. Lucy spends a total of €1,844,000 on her basic spending and is left with €556,000 or 23% of her original career earnings of €2,400,000. This excludes spending on children, pets, utilities, travel and so on. After Lucy's top six basic needs are paid for, she has €1,544 left per month to pay for everything else. When making spending decisions, think of them in the context of your career earnings. Two incomes are better than one when sharing expenses. The world isn't designed for singles. In summary, the world is indifferent to your circumstances or struggles. Over the long term, the future is determined by optimists. Your problems are opportunities. Money is an opportunity for happiness, not a prerequisite of happiness. Your relationship with yourself sets the tone for every other relationship you have, money included. The better you know yourself, the more resilient you will be. How well do you know yourself? How well do you know what you want and why? Don't be a passenger in your own financial life. Making money is action, keeping money is behavior, and growing money is knowledge. This episode's book recommendations are The Comfort Crisis, Embrace Discomfort to Reclaim Your Wild, Happy, Healthy Self by Michael Easter. Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less by Greg McKeown. The Power of Regret, How Looking Backward Moves Us Forward by Daniel Pink and The Power of Now, A Guide to Spiritual Enlightenment by Eckhart Tolle. This episode's movie recommendation is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. For personal financial planning advice, email us at teamadvantagefp.ie or call 015392670. If you have any questions on this week's episode, ideas, suggestions or feedback, please email us at teamadmoney-mentor.ie. We can also be found online at money-mentor.ie and through the website you can find our Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn accounts. If you are liking what you are hearing, please subscribe and I would be grateful if you could leave a review. Please share with family, friends and colleagues if you think they would benefit. Until the next podcast, thank you for listening, take care and chat soon.